This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're continuing our series as a church called I Work Out. Uh, the first week, um, which was a month ago, uh, uh, Pastor Mike encouraged us with stretching. Uh, and if you want forgiveness in your life, you need to stretch peace. Come on, how good was that? And then Matt Leto last week, Pastor Matt Leto last week, gave us keys to getting built. Some people, they, they're just puffed up full of knowledge. They got the show muscles. That just killed me. Guy playing rugby or whatever, football, whatever, just killed me. Uh, but, you know, there's an important, there's, there's a reason why you read your Bible. It's not to puff up on knowledge. It's because there's a purpose for you in your life for this moment in our city and in our lives. I want to continue this morning in our series, reading from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, and uh, I'm going to just, this is going to be, in uh, verse 4 will be the, the verse for the entire message, so Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Just while you're trying to find that in your Bible, because I know you brought your Bibles, of course. Um, you know what's interesting a little bit about me is I grew up in church. Uh, I just turned 30 last December, and uh, I grew up in church. I, I, I can remember it like, like I, I just had the church service memorized, right? Church on Sunday, church at night. I just, it, church was, it, it was my life. But if you were looking for me 25 years ago, you wouldn't find me on a stage. And in fact, you'd find me in a little Sunday school classroom, standing on top of a chair with my bowl cut and my super blonde hair singing my favorite Bible song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. You know, and then you had to yell, Bible. No, nobody went to. But it's funny with that song because I, I love the words in it. Because it started out as a cute little Sunday school song, but it's really transcended into a core belief in my life. I truly stand upon the Word of God. You know what's interesting is so many times we look at the news, right? And we look at what's happening in the world. Wars, rumors of wars. The Bible says you'll know the end times are coming because many will be offended. Are we living in the, in the culture of offense? My gosh, everybody's offended. I'm offended, you're offended, we're both offended that each other are offended, politicians are offended, nations are offended, everybody's offended. But you know what? No matter what happens, no matter how much shaking is going on in the world, I've got this core belief that's inside me that says, I stand upon the Word of God. And I stand upon specific promises, promises that God put in His Word that says, you know what? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I stand on that promise. I stand on the promise that, that God said, I know the purpose I have for you, a, a future and a hope to fill you with faith. I stand on that promise. I stand on the promise that says I'm saved by grace through faith. I stand on that promise. Because there's so many times in my life that I get so discouraged based on my surroundings, but it comes back to the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God. You can stand upon the Word of God. I don't know what you're trying to stand on, but you can stand upon the Word of God. So I'm going to trip over this. 
Let's move that out of the way. Okay, amen. Are we there yet? Matthew 4, verse 1 to 4. Gave you tons of time. All right, let's do it. It's going to appear on the screen. Awesome. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Somebody say very hungry. Very hungry. Thank you. During that time, the devil came to him and said, If you're the Son of Man, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live on bread, by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I just have to read that one last verse in the New King James because I can't help it. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm going to continue our series this morning on why I work out. My title is called Meal Plan. Meal plan. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our path. God, I thank you, Lord, that your word is truly uh, inspired, that, that there are words that you've spoken and, and with divine inspiration on these pages. So, God, when we read them, we expect big things to happen in our lives. God, we thank you, Lord, that we pray to a God that is alive a God that is active, a God that is seated in heaven. I thank you, God, that you were never voted in, so you can't get voted out. I thank you, God, that you are in heaven right now, and I pray, Lord, that you would meet us in this moment. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, when it comes to a new year, you know, there's always uh, everyone's opinions on dieting, right? There's so many diet plans and meal plans you can look out and find on the internet, I mean, you can find them, there's many of them, a couple of them be vegan, come on, vegetarians, you always know who they are, they'll tell you, you eat meat, and they just, they act like they're, you know, their life is over, and then there's the carnivore diet, you people are special, and then there's the keto, you know, no sugar, no carbs, low carbs, you know, there's just, there's tons of them, and you look them up at the beginning of the year, like, which one's the best, you know, and then like, you know, two hours later, you're in like the weird part of YouTube, and it's like, what, what is this vortex of information? But, but you know what's interesting? All of the plans agree on this one thing. Don't have fast food. Don't they? They all agree on the same thing. Don't, don't eat fast food. In, in, in 2004, there was this movie that came out. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it. It was called Supersize Me. I was actually hungry after I watched that movie. Morgan's, uh, what was his name? His name was Spurlock, yeah. And he's actually opened up a restaurant, random, a fast food restaurant, anyway. Um, But this movie came out, and what's interesting is he was like, you know, is fast food really that bad for you? You know? All the internet doctors say it is, but let's just go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to eat fast food three times a day, every day for 30 days, see what happens. And, you know, the first couple days he was like, man, this is awesome. I don't have to make my food anymore. A week went by. And by the end of it, he had to stop. He couldn't last the full 30 days because he ended up with liver failure. He ended up having uh, severe depression and anxiety. He couldn't even get out of bed. He, uh, he had substantial weight gain, no energy, just completely gone the other way. And when he started, he was super healthy. 
And as I began to think of this over the past couple weeks, I thought that this was sort of a picture of our spirits when it comes to eating. See, many of us uh, truly believe, especially with our devotionals that we've had, that God can speak to us throughout the day. But if we look at Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says, you can't live off of bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The mouth of God. See, so many of us live by the words of somebody else. They try and, you try and get fixed by a sermon, which is good. I love preaching. But there's something about, about this fast food thought that I kept thinking about, and I can't help but think of the fast, the fast food that our spiritual lives have every week. And I know this sounds wrong, and it sounds like a, kind of a paradox, what I'm about to say. But the, I, I, some of us live off of the fast food restaurant called Nova Church, open every Sunday. And we don't eat anything else during the week. And I want to tell you, there are severe side effects that happen when all you eat is fast food. If all you're eating is once a week on Sunday, you can't expect your spirit to be very healthy. See, what's interesting is the Morgan Spurlock, all he ate was fast food and he was, he was slowly dying. His body was breaking down, not because he was starving, but because he wasn't eating right. And I think our spirits oftentimes feel the same. Living on a fast food diet is, is not only the food you're eating, but it's a picture of preparation, food made by somebody else. See, it's not, you don't live by every word that comes from somebody else, you live by every word that comes from God. So many of us are waiting on a word from our pastor, a word from our friend, a word from our parents, a word from a coworker, a word from a boss. But I want to submit to you this morning that you're waiting on the wrong word that there is a word from God for you. God is still speaking. God is still speaking in this room. He didn't just speak thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. He's still speaking. I think sometimes we sort of restrict God to speaking through a translator. We're like, oh, well, well, you know, if I can get to church on Sunday, maybe I'll get a word from God. And again, I know it sounds like kind of a paradox because I'm preaching and I'm giving you a word from God. But if you're waiting all week to get a word from God, it's not the way to meal plan. It's not the way to live. Because God is so big. If we say God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, if we say he's seated in heavenly places, if we say he's the creator of the universe, why does he only want to speak once a week? I believe God can speak to you every single day. Every day. You know, uh, when you're really, really hungry, I know you've been there before probably, and you're like, you know, you don't got time to prepare food, you know. So you're going to go to the drive-thru, right? That's just what you do. And, uh, and, and, and you're really hungry though, right? So you go to the drive-thru and what do you do? You don't just order one meal, Come on. Are you kidding me? Now you're gonna you're gonna supersize that. You'll be like, oh man, nuggets are on sale. Let me get some of those. You know, I'm gonna get an extra McChicken on there, like why not? 
And what happens is once you finish eating, you're not hungry anymore, but you're sick. Like, man, why'd I eat all that? Moments ago, you were starving. You were hangry. You were cutting people off on the road, like getting to the drive-thru. You know, the two windows comes up and someone pulled ahead of you. And you're like, then you eat it and you feel horrible. You feel sick. And I had this thought this week that many of us are sick in our spirits. You're sick of church. You're sick of playing religion. You're sick of your coworkers. You're sick of your family. You're sick of trying to get into a habit of reading your Bible. You're sick of those worship songs. You're sick of, of people. You're sick of your neighbors. You're sick of the news. You're sick of all these things. And I want to say, if you're sick this morning, maybe it's a, it's a sign that you're not eating from God. You're eating from somewhere else. That you, maybe you're getting a, this fast food diet You're just wanting somebody else to keep preparing food for you so that you can eat. But you can't live that way. So if you're feeling sick, I believe the the antidote is getting a word from God. If we look back in, in through the history of the Bible, if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, we can look at God's original meal plan for humanity the original meal plan. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. I believe it'll be on the screen. It says this, but God, this is him speaking to, to uh, Adam. It says, the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat from the, tru- the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And then he gives another option, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil, because they ate the tree. Uh, What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will surely live forever. See, the original meal plan was laid out in Genesis for us on how to live our lives and our spirits. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the tree of life two options. And yeah, it started at the very beginning of time, but it's still the two options you have this morning. See, let me just put it up into today's culture. See, today, we always fuss and argue and, and, and you know, get all angry about everything having to do with what's good and what's evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we we were consumed by eating from this tree. Adam did it, and we're consumed by it in our culture. Everybody wants to know, is this wrong or is this right? Is this good or is this evil? Politicians are divided by it. Businesses are divided by it. Families are divided by it. Our culture's divided by it and arguing all the time, is this right or is this wrong? Is it right for a person to do that or is it wrong? Is it right to smoke that or is it wrong? Is it right to have a relationship with that person or is it wrong? Everybody's arguing all the time and they're just consumed at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're consumed by it. Consumed. But God takes it a step further and he's like, I know you want to know what's right and wrong, but that's the wrong question. The question isn't what's right and wrong. The question is, does it produce life 
or does it produce death? See, because that can be different for every single person. Because it's not a matter about what's right for you to eat or drink or what's wrong for you to eat or drink. But if it produces life, then it's good. If it produces death, it doesn't matter if the world says it's okay. If it produces death in my life, I won't be eating it and I won't be consumed by it. And so this decision was laid out in the very beginning of history of humanity, the very beginning of humanity, and we're still wrestling with this idea today. What do we do? Is it right or wrong? I want to submit to you this morning, and I, and I just pray that it would be with you this week. Choose to do things that produce life. Don't be so consumed with what's right or wrong. Does it produce life or does it produce death? If we look at the Bible as a whole book, we, we start in Genesis and then we, we go all the way in, until Jesus is introduced in the New Testament. And Jesus comes on the scene, and yeah, we always have a picture of Jesus, you know, Christmas time, Easter time. But I want to say Jesus is more, more than just a holiday. He's more than just the face of Christianity. He's actually all power and God of the universe. See, the, the decision was made by Adam that he would eat from the tree of knowledge. And ever since that moment, God was creating a plan to rescue humanity. And the, the, I, I've heard this analogy before, and I want to share it with you this morning. And it doesn't do full justice of what Jesus did for you, because so many of us, we celebrate Jesus on the cross. We celebrate Jesus in our lives. But do we take a moment and appreciate the fact that Jesus came to earth as a human being? Can we try to comprehend that? And, and, and I'm going to sh- show you an illustration this morning, and it doesn't do justice, but I want to show you the extent God ca- did to come and rescue humanity. See, if, if you can just imagine... Um, you're walking with God in heaven, you know? Just, so just pretend that you're Jesus for a second. Some of you have no problem doing that. Uh, but, but just take a moment and just pretend you're Jesus, right? You're, you're walking down the streets of heaven, you know, gold streets. Like, man, this is awesome. You know, and you're walking down. And then, and then God the Father stops. He's like, see that anthill right there? It's called earth. I love that little anthill. Now, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, anyway, moving on. But they took a moment and he stopped. I love that anthill, and I love those ants. They work so hard. Look at them down there, working so hard. Look, they're just, they're crazy. I love those ants. I want to reach those ants. But I can't from heaven. So, Jesus, maybe, do you want to turn into an ant and go down and live in that anthill? You know, you won't have a very glorious life. You won't live in an ant mansion. You'll be born into a, into a manger. It's just a small town. Oh, and by the way, these ants, they'll actually hate you. They'll kill you. They're not going to really understand the extent of the step down from heaven. But would you do that? Now, for me... I'd be like, heck no, techno, I ain't doing that. But Jesus took a moment 
Him and the Father devised this plan that I'm going to rescue humanity. And Jesus became a human being. Like this, I can't comprehend the step down from divine godliness to human being. You went from being everywhere all the time, knowing everything, to being in one place. When Jesus was in Bethlehem, he was in Bethlehem. When he was in Judea, he was in Judea. When he was, when he was walking, there he was. He wasn't, he wasn't living all around like he used to. Jesus took a step down to humanity so you could take a step up to heaven. That was the extent of the gospel. And so when we talk about the tree of life, the tree of life all the way back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, the tree of life was put up and it was called a cross where Jesus paid the ultimate price for you so that if you come to the tree of life, you can have eternal life in God. That's the meal plan for humanity. If you're hungry, eat from God. If you're thirsty, drink from Jesus. If you need something, go to God first. He's the only one that can satisfy your heart. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can set you free. Just like the anthill, Jesus came down to earth and then he left and he said, I'm gonna send you someone called the Holy Spirit. And he's going to help you live according to the plan. I'm so thankful today that Jesus rescued me. I'm so thankful today that I, because I can't get to heaven. I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't even last one day good enough. One hour good enough to get to heaven. But thank God he had a plan. Thank God that you loved those stupid little ants called humans. Thank God that you decided to rescue us. This morning... If you would say, Matt, I, I really need some prayer. I need a word from God. I need, I need a word from God for my spirit with every head bowed and our eyes closed. If you would say, Matt, I, I, I need a word from God. There's a situation I'm in and I need God to speak. I, I, I really need him in this moment. I need him in my heart. I need to know what to do. I need some direction. I need a word from God. If that's you, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. Hands going up all over the place. Hands going up all over the place. You can put it right back down. Can I just get everybody to stand together? Come on, uh, Nova. So many of your family this morning put their hands up saying they want a word from God. So I'm just going to pray. We're going to, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray again in a minute. But we're just going to pray together. Can I just get you to lift your voice and just to pray uh, and, and believe for your brothers and sisters in this room that need a word from God. God, I stir up faith in this room. I thank you, God, that no, no situation is too big for you. I thank you, God, that no diagnosis is too big for you. I thank you, God, that no confusion is too big for you. God, thank you, Lord, anxiety is not too big for you. Thank you, God, that direction is not too big for you. God, you stepped down into earth for us 
So God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, everybody in this room that had their hand up, I believe, God, in Jesus' name, you will send them a word from heaven. God, a word in season, a word that makes sense, specific to their situation. God, if they're asking to go left or right, God, I pray, Lord, that you would close the door that are not where, where they're not supposed to go. God, I pray in Jesus' name, you would rescue them in this moment. In Jesus' name, just with our heads bowed, our eyes still closed. If you would say, Matt, I've, I've never asked Jesus into my heart before. I've never, I've never gave Jesus time. I've never asked Jesus to, to be a part of my life. I've never prayed a prayer asking him to be in my life, but I want to do that today. If that's you, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Any hands up there? One, two. I'm just counting to let you know you're not alone. Three. Amen. Amen. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you still rescue humanity. Thank you, God, that you still heal hearts. Thank you, God, that you still have a plan for our life. I pray, God, that we would leave this place feeling more in love with you than we've ever been in love with you before. I pray, God, that we would feel so close to your spirit. God, we want to we wanna hear a word from you this week. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.